My lords, ladies, gentlemen, <laughs> your referee for the contest, Kenneth Man Mountain. Ho! <laughs> The MC was, of course, Hugh Paddock, the wrestling vicar of St. Barnabas without. <laughs> well. All right, Smith, make the announcement. Yes, sir. But first, a oh. word from our sponsor. Oh. Is your horse a wallflower at dances? Does he stand in the corner alone? Persuade his best friend to whisper in his ear, U-F-O. <laughs> Under fetlock odour. Smith. Buy him some Dobby Mist, the horse deodorant that nine out of ten Hollywood stars prefer. Smith, have you got the mania again? No, sir, I've been got at. Oh. Offered money to plug the product. Oh. You see, I'm only paid a pittance for announcing. I'm feeling the pinch. Look, Olga, I'm sorry. I had no idea. Here's something to get on with. Oh, thank you, sir. A pair of steps. <laughs> and now, Armpit Theatre presents a tale of the gay bohemian life of Paris in the 80s. Trilby. My name is William Mandergast, known as Little Billy, for reasons I don't care to go into. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm a painter, and in the year 1880, I came to Paris to pursue my bent. <laughs> ah, the Montmartre of the 80s, a hotbed of talent. There was the sculptor Rodin. I chip, a, I chip away a little here. I chip away a little there, a little more here, and voila, you can see right through into the bedroom next door. <laughs> it's magnificent, the lovers. The Paris of Cezanne. Gentlemen, the toast is Cezanne. It's a panical man. I moved into a garret which I shared with several other impoverished artists. There was me, little Billy, my best friend, incredibly tiny Fred, <laughs> economy-sized Alf, and relatively enormous Cyril. <laughs> and although we were cold, hungry, miserable, damp and poor, somehow, when we were together, it was very much worse. <laughs> but we got by somehow... Ça va, little Billy? Ça va, incredibly tiny Fred. Oh, where have you been? To the flea market and see what I bought. Eh, fine flea. Tonight we dine royally. Oh, and if, uh, if we are careful, there'll be enough for sandwiches for tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> well said, relatively enormous soul. Bags I the wishbone. Bags I what? Bags I the wishbone. Oh, yes, of course you will. And how is the painting going, incredibly tiny Fred? Oh, not bad. This is my latest in the 18th century manner. Cupid in Aphrodite's bedchamber. <laughs> After what? Oh. So I see. <laughs> Come in. My name is Trilby. Forgive the intrusion, but I was told there's a room to let. Oh, I'm sorry it is taken. Can't I move in with you and share your gay bohemian life? There's no place here for a woman. But I could cook for you. Well, we do our own cooking. I could darn your clothes. We do our own darning. There must be something I can do for you. Trilby moved in next day. 
She wanted to become a singer, and I helped her as best I could, struggling through her tosca on the piano, and uh, whenever she asked, running through her Donizetti. Dear, dear little Billy, can we try it just once more? All right, then, and then we must stop. My tiny hands are frozen. <laughs> One, uh, two. How was I that time? Well, uh... <laughs> better, but it still lacks a little something. Perhaps, perhaps if I tried it without the trumpet and the handkerchief. Yes. You see, you see, I've never had any proper training. My agriculturers need polishing. Yes, I like them the way they are. <laughs> or indeed, the occasional wipe down with a damp chamois. <laughs> No, no, no. I must get a proper teacher. Incredibly tiny, Fred. Uh, look in the paper under Les Classified. Ah, oui. Oh, here we are. Mm. Full-size reproduction of the Eiffel Tower, seven francs. Postage and packing, 12 million francs. <laughs> yes, now let me see. Oh, yeah, tuition various. Uh, oh, you don't want to learn that. Um, and you already know how to do that. That looks interesting, but I don't think we've got the room for it. There, there, look. Professor Svengali, singing teacher, hypnotist, abductor of innocent girls' competitive prices. Oh, satisfaction guaranteed. Don't go to him, he's notorious. He'll lead you astray. He'll get you in his power and make you his slave. There's nothing he won't stoop to to satisfy his evil desires. Nothing? Nothing. She'll be enrolled next day. <laughs> so, you are Svengali, the evil mastermind whose vile pursuits are a synonym for all that is bestial and base. Oh, no, dearie, I'm Mrs. Bulstrode, the char. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Mrs. Svengali is in the scullery hypnotising a cheese. Yes. I'll call him. Oi, Arthur! Shop! My dear, pray accept an old loony's welcome. So you want me to teach you my method? Yes, and to sing too. <laughs> ah, how did you hear of me? Why did you come to me? All Paris speaks of your strange behavior. Oh, they say you have no scruples. It is true, but what need have I of scruples? All I want are material things, money, houses, women, Batman, Jim Jams. <laughs> All the trappings of luxury. I'll stop at nothing to get what I want. And I want you, Trilby. Ah, I want you for my slave. Your slave? Yes, he hasn't got a Trilby. Ah. <laughs> I... I will make you a great singer. Ah, I've taught them all. Jenny Lind, the Swedish nightingale. Silla Black, the Liverpool ostrich. <laughs> Dame Nellie Melba, Mrs. Miller. Mrs. Miller? You should have heard her before she came to me. <laughs> they all fall in love with me, my pupils. That's why I had to stop teaching Harry Seacombe. <laughs> uh, but you, you are different from Harry Seacombe, that is. 
Do you really think so? Yes, you may not be as pretty, but you're different. <laughs> oh, by George, you're different. Oh, that's the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. Svengali, I am yours. Good girl. <laughs> Lie on this couch and I'll show you my method. Now... <laughs> Look, look at this small, shiny object I'm gangling in front of you. Now, concentrate, don't go to sleep. Deeper, deeper, you are completely in my power. Now sing, my little beauty, sing. Now, this is not the one that Mr. Orr has just begun rolling Not you, dear. Not you, Mrs. Balstrode. Get on with the housework. All right, Arthur. Oh, oh, oh she's a trial. <laughs> See, three and six an hour, you can't grumble. No, no, Trilby. Trilby, my child. Ah, you are hypnotised. When I snap my fingers, you will sing as you've never sung before. As I have never sung before. Right. One, two. Hamilton Lohokawas, you are a whiskey. I Yes. This is going to take longer than I thought. With Trilby completely under Svengali's spell, little Billy went downhill fast. His life became one round of drink and women. Waiter, another round of drinks and women. Make them large ones. I'll have a rum and coquette. Come here, Fifi darling, you are a pretty little thing. Thank you, sir. I made a special effort. <laughs> you, Smith, a creature of the half-world? Yes, it was the only part left. Well, <laughs> well you might at least have done it in a high-pitched voice. Yeah, what is it, incredibly tiny Fred? This life you are leading is no good. No. What are you doing with a woman like this? You must stop it. Please, stop it. At least when I'm talking to you. <laughs> Trilby needs you. Trilby, but she's the most famous singer in Paris now. She doesn't need me. She has Svengali. She misses you, little Billy. Won't you see her? She sings tonight at the opera house. I have a little box, little Billy. Have you incredibly <laughs> tiny friend? <laughs> Come, little Billy, to the opera. Meanwhile, backstage at the opera house, Trilby and her evil mentor are preparing for the performance. Ah, there, my dear, a little eyeshadow, a hint of rouge. And they are a beauty spot And just a little powder There, how do I look? Very nice But what about me? I'm so terribly nervous oh, I don't think, I don't think I can go on You must go on You must You hear? You've got to do it, kid This is your big break, kid You can't let us down They believe in you out there I believe in you, kid You're going to be a star I spend golly order you. You don't be afraid. I shall be with you. I am right behind you. Urging you on. Yes, that's another matter. Please, Mr. Svengali, when I'm singing, do you have to hide under my crinoline? No, 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 no. 
Aha, Svengali. Aha, little Billy. Ah, let her go, Svengali. You can bring her nothing but misery. Nobody will have her but me. Stand back. He's got a knife. With an attachment for getting things out of horses' hooves. <laughs> quick, quick, somebody distract him with a horse. Here, Dobbin. It is I, Douglas the Wonder Horse Smith. In a skin. Limp, limp. Why, look, Svengali, this announcer disguised as a horse has a thing in its hoof. I have just the implement for removing same. Allow me, Dobbin. While his attention was thus distracted, I leapt on him. We grappled. <laughs> Don't look, my dear. He's not a pretty sight. Is he? Yes. <laughs> yes, dead. Impaled on his own attachment for getting things out of horses. <laughs> So Svengali perished, but without him, Trilby's voice had gone. She sank lower and lower until the BBC, in their infinite wisdom, took pity on the poor creature and did the only thing they could for the piteous wretch. They entered her for the Eurovision Song Contest, <laughs> 1887. And talking of piteous wretches, here are the Fraser Hayes Four. And if I dangle this shiny object in front of them, it's half a crown, actually. They will burst into It's a Good Day. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes Fall. Yes, it's a good day for singing a song. And it's a good day for moving along. Yes, it's a good day. How could anything go wrong? A good day from morning to night. Yes, it's a good day for shining your shoes. And it's a good day for losing your blues. Everything's a gain and nothing to lose. Cause it's a good day from morning to night. I said to the sun, good morning, sun. Rise and shine today. You know you got to get going if you're going to make a showing.
the round-the-horn colour supplement. This week in black and white. Now, first, great classic dishes of France. And here with the recipe is Bonne Femme, better known as Daphne Whitethigh. In this series, I have already told you how to prepare chicken in the basket, turkey in the straw, dog in the manger, and cat on a hot tin roof. <laughs> this week, I'm going to tell you a couple of things any housewife can do with a rhinoceros. <laughs> First, you take your rhinoceros and pluck it. <laughs> don't, don't throw away the hooves. They'll come in useful if you ever want to make rhinoceros foot jelly. Now, sprinkle your rhinoceros with caraway seed and wrap him in tinfoil. <laughs> You'll need 57 yards. <laughs> Add a walrus cube to give it man appeal <laughs> and pop the rhino in the oven, or as much as you can get in. <laughs> Roast on a low light for 18 months and serve with rather a lot of chips. To be honest, rhinoceros is not very appetizing, but you do get marvelous crackling. And uh, next week, Daphne will be back to tell us what to do with those whale leftovers. <laughs> now, uh, uh, around town, Sunday night personality Seamus Android interviews film star Rock Catamull. Hello. Well, no. All right. Ha-ha. <laughs> Well, we've had a bit of fun, and to, <laughs> and to start off first with, firstly, Iraq, I'd like to ask you one last question <laughs> before we start. <laughs> All right. Now, well, it's been most interesting hearing your opinions, but that's all we've got time for, so it's good night now from Seamus Android. Yes. And thank you, Seamus Android, the man of the day. The day being gloomy Sunday. <laughs> and so to... Um, so to what's on in London with Brad Smallpiece. Ah? Uh, well, it's all been happening on the swinging London scene this week. There's the policeman's puma crouching at Wimbledon. <laughs> vestigial gnome tumbling at Lutonoo. And a display of traffic warden mincing at the Alhambra football <laughs> But I myself would plump for the nudist hop, step and jump contest in the deep freeze at Waldridge's. <laughs> Clapham Common. And there'll be edited highlights after the epilogue. And I can't wait for the slow motion sequences. However, this week... This week, the colour supplement takes a look at the British press. British newspapers are much maligned. People say that their function is much better performed by television and radio newscasters, but you can't wrap your chips in Michael Aspel with <laughs> vinegar drips out of his pockets. And you can't spread Robin Day out on the floor for the dog, however much you'd like to. <laughs> Still, newspaper men are a hardy and adventurous breed, but the good reporter should be able to turn his hand to anything. Ah, loom bucket. I'd like a word with you. Yes, Chief? And we transferred you from the sports page to the society column. We hoped you'd leave the jargon of the football field behind you. Uh, what do you mean, Chief? Well, look at your column for yesterday. You do not refer to the Duke of Cumberfold's new wife as £20,000 buy from West Bromwich. 
Well, sir, I mean... Whatever her reasons may have been for marrying him. (laughs) And when referring to his ex-wife, you say they were divorced on the grounds of incompatibility, not he put her on the transfer list (laughs) because she lost her form. (laughs) And, And another thing, and finally... And finally, when you're covering Lord Mulstrangle's garden party, which incidentally takes place on the lawn, not on the pitch, <laughs> you do not refer to the gracious guests as those hooligans on the terraces. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. If you don't watch it, you'll be selling papers, not writing them. Oh, well, right, sir. Sorry. And the newspaper sellers, they too have a language of their own. Excuse me, excuse me, my my good man. Can you can you please direct me to Trafalgar Square? Yes, lady, you go. Can you ask again? <laughs> Before the days of newspapers, the events of the day were retailed by the street ballad singers. <laughs> and here to sing one such 18th century ditty, the ballad of the Wogglers Mooley, <laughs> is rambling Sid Rumper. <laughs> now, what exactly is a Wogglers Mooley? Well, a Mooley is a sorry smoked cuttlefish of the Welk family, uh-huh. or brother-in-law, you might say. Yes. And they were considered a <clears throat> great delicacy in those days. And, of course, they had to be woggled before you could eat them. Yes, of course. Now, nowadays, you can get them frozen and pre-woggled, but they, they don't taste the same, do they? No, no. Now, this is a sad story that first appeared in 1738 on a broadsheet, and I've set it to a tune of that time, which I found in my gander bag covered in loom powder and fish, fish paste. Fish paste. Yes, what exactly is loom powder? If I started explaining that, we'd be here all night. <laughs> Now, so to the sun. <clears throat> Joe, he was a young court wangler, munging greebles he did go. And he loved a bogler's daughter by the name of Chiswick Flo. <laughs> Vain she was, and like a grasset, though her gander parts were fine. But she sneered at his cord wangle as it hung upon the line. <laughs> so he stole a woggler's mooly for to make a wedding ring. But the Bow Street runners caught him, and the judge said he will swing. Oh, they hung him by the postern, nailed his mooly to the fence. <laughs> for to warn all young court wanglers that it was a grave offence. <laughs> There's a moral to this story, though your court wangle be poor. Keep your hands off others' moolies, for it is against the law. (laughs) 
And thank you, Rambling Sid. I, I feel there's a warning for us all there. <laughs> <laughs> he who steals my Wogglers Moolie steals trash. <laughs> now, many people complain that they are misrepresented by the press and the reporters don't respect their privacy. Now, this certainly hasn't been my experience until last Tuesday when two representatives of the Fourth Estate came to interview me. Good morning, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sandy. Yes, we're from the Daily Polari. Yes. He's the man you follow around, I'm the one you can't gag. Can't gag. Can we have five minutes for your time? Well, it depends what you want to do with them. Oh, well... Well, our editor said, why don't you troll off up to Mr. Orne's Latty? That's flat or house, translator's note. Ah, that's, and have a Polari with him, you see. Yeah, yes, Polari. we'd like to have something hot and personal. Mm. Well, how, uh... <laughs> How about this mustard plaster? No! <laughs> no, thanks, we just had breakfast. Yeah. Now, how did you two become news hounds? Well, uh, we was Aunt Ada. You know Aunt Ada. Yes, yes advice to the love lawn. The love lawn, you know, polones with pimples in love with older men, you know. <laughs> All that sort of thing. And you advised them? Yes. Well, we'd done yes. what we could, what we but could. we ran into a few snags, didn't we? Oh, what? say that again. Oh, <laughs> I... Well, what about... Well, for instance, indignant at Chatham. Remember him saying... Do I? Oh, indignant oh, at Chatham? Oh, do I? It's etched on my memory, that is. Indignant of Chatham. More of a deep Oh, yes. yes. He took your advice? Yes, and he's still indignant. Yes. <laughs> yes. And he's had to move from Chatham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the... What about that curly of Wimbledon? Oh! He had a personal problem. <laughs> we told him what to do in a plain envelope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And what's more, I tried to. <laughs> it was absolutely useless. Ian, are you Curly from Wimbledon? <laughs> not, uh, not anymore. I'm not, thanks to your advice. Still, it's cured the blushing. Yeah. <laughs> now, what did you come to see me about? Well, we heard you'd done something absolutely staggering with a Mara. <laughs> Mara? At the church hall. Yes. Church hall? Oh, yes, the vicar's wife was astounded. Now, Ben. <laughs> yes, well, we can't go back to our editor with a story about how you won a prize for a Mara. Not likely. No, I mean, where's work. the titillation in there? No, titillation. No. Well, we've got to tart the story up somehow. Whip out your reporter's companion. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, and, uh, and take this down, dictation, take this down. Now, yeah. Mr. Horn, let me see. Um, is that picture of you on the wall? Yes, it was taken when I was 18 months uh, on a bearskin rug. Oh, it is a good likeness. Mm. <laughs> right, get this down, Jewel. Kenneth yeah. Horn, former nude photographic model. <laughs> let me see. You won this competition, did you? Yeah. Yes. The, did the vicar charge an entrance fee? Yes, there was a small charge. Right, yes, Jewel, I've got it. Have I've you? got it. I've got the headline. Mm. Kenneth Horn, nude photographic model, admits vicar's charge. <laughs> They printed it, and of course I complained. And the next week they published an apology, blazoned in letters nearly an eighth of an inch high, next to the chess problem. <laughs> Cheerio, see you next week. 
That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden on the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Chalk and Marty Feldman and the show is produced by John Simmons.